Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And subscribe to us on YouTube and everywhere else that you listen. That's right. YouTube is going to be filling out for us a little bit more in the coming weeks and months and that kind of thing. We've got some other things that we're planning, so keep your eye out. And as always, we talk judging and MMA, so make sure you read that scoring criteria. But wait, how do I find the scoring criteria? Uh, you got to search for it. Just, just Google it. Yeah, just Google it. Or Bing it. Do, do people say Bing it? Is do you that a bing? thing? Do you, st- do you still use Yahoo? Have you, have you gone to Yahoo in like 35 to, years? I haven't been to Yahoo uh, in a long time except for my fantasy, fantasy sports. Yeah. Fantasy yeah, football. Yeah, fantasy sports. That's basically what they are now. Uh, I used, used Ute, yeah. Yahoo used to be my go-to search engine. Yeah, I remember people, like used to, people used to call it Yahoo. I didn't. I, I was heard, called the Yahoo. Yahoo? Well, because I remember the, the commercial was Yahoo. Did you ever ask Jeeves? Yeah. yeah. I used to ask Jeeves. Okay. Sure. And I remember when we were in school and the internet was like, well, the World Wide Web was sort of newish and they were starting to sort of teach it in school. You'd go to, was that Hotbot was a was a search engine? Do you remember Hotbot? Hotbot. I thought it was like, uh, I guess that's where Hotmail came out from. I don't remember. Probably. Hotwire.com, I, I remember. No, it was a different thing. Uh, that was like a travel Hot, site. Yeah, Hotbot right? was like a search engine, and so was I think Dogpile. Do I remember Dogpile. Dogpile. Okay. I think Go.com might have been something. Well, Go.com. Remember, it used to be ESPN.go.com. Oh, okay. For like ever. Yeah. And then they finally decided that they didn't need to be that anymore. That they could actually just be ESPN.com. Like you know, right. common sense. And then they dictate. have now ESPN.tv. I don't remember that. That's new. No. Yeah. There are TV networks, I understand it. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan, we have uh, more to talk about than search engine history. We'll that's, teach we'll teach that course true, another yeah. day. Um, we've got a lot of officiating adventures to discuss, and we're not even going to get into which is probably the biggest officiating uh, adventure of the entire weekend over in boxing with uh, a uh, a veteran MMA official who. Typically, we don't find any reason to discuss in, in any sort of negative light whatsoever. Uh, Tony Weeks does a fine job scoring the fights, typically. There's good percentages on our, on our data charts. He, I don't remember any times where we've distinctly disagreed with Tony, other than maybe on an 8 or a 9 or something, you know? But, uh, yeah, he was... Uh, well, he stopped a fight maybe a little too soon over in the boxing world and got to... Re- Everybody in boxing is really upset about that one. But we're not even going to get yeah. into that. We don't have time to get into that. We've got our own sport to worry about here. Luckily for him, it wasn't Diamond Dame that he did it to. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that would have messed up a big title fight. Mm-hmm. Like that was This This one was a smaller title fight, I believe. <laughs> I believe it was a t- championship fight. Um, I don't know. There's too many belts in boxing, and I don't really pay attention. But uh, no, we're, we're over in the MMA side. We're going to stick to the MMA side. And we have so much to do. We're not going to do every contested round of the weekend from Bellator and UFC, but we will cherry pick from Bellator and talk about UFC. But we're going to lead off with exclusively topics on officiating. Even before we get to that, I'm just going to get out there very quickly the judging uh, breakdown of the you know the numbers for the week because I think it it's at least a positive note to start on. Yeah, UFC will lead with first. They're the bigger show. Um. 12 out of 15 rounds were unanimous, so not a whole lot needed to score. A lot of fights ended early. Exciting card. Ended up being a fun watch. I want to point out that I didn't like that, that UFC Charlotte became the official hashtag. It should have been UFC on ABC4. 
You know what? I, at this point, I'm okay with it all just being like it's UFC in this city. It makes it a little easier. Do you remember that there, that it was the third ABC card? I did remember. I was there. But when it's the sixteenth one, like, are you gonna remember that UFC? I say ABC discontinue it 16th. now. Just go away from it. No, no, no. I don't care anymore. Well, maybe they'll go back to Charlotte and then it's Charlotte 16. No, no, no. Don't worry about that. It's just Charlotte. Well, we're on Vegas. They probably won't go to Charlotte for like a good like 12 years. Yeah, so that's the next time we'll see Brian Battle fight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so this was 12 out of 18 or 12 out of 15 unanimous rounds by the judges. Good percentage there, 80%. We don't have to do much to talk about. We'll get well three contested rounds off of that. None of them were 10-8, so it's all it's all round winners here. And then over in Bellator, which was in Paris, France, with a ton of traveling judges. It was a great, like, star-studded as far as judging goes. Then the judges aren't stars. They don't want to be. They shouldn't be. But the point being, top judges flown in from all over the world to judge in Paris and they had their work cut out for him. They had 38 rounds to, to turn in. Yeah, it seems like Bellator tries to squeeze in three events into one night. Yeah. Especially when they go to like these places. Well, these, well particularly a lot of these fights just went the distance. They didn't have a lot of finishes, so mm. that didn't help either. But, but they were uh, 28 of 38 unanimous, and the percentage ends up being 73.9, which is just about nail-on-the-head average as far as uh, judging typically goes mm. in terms of being unanimous there two of the rounds were, were 10 eights uh nine splits so not uh not too bad i think we had a ge- generally good judging weekend by the numbers and we'll, we'll get into we'll get into some again select rounds from bellator and, and then the three from uh ufc charlotte but before we even get to that let's go over to the actual adventures in officiating which is what i've been calling it the last few days i think i've used that before but we're gonna start with bellator here and this is one that i think had at least a happy ending in, in, in a sense it had a kiss your sister okay. ending if you know what which i is, don't have any sisters so that's you know i don't have to worry about the weirdness of that comment it it, it ended better for one person somewhat it was they they canceled out what probably was kind of a wrong. Let let's go with that, right? Yeah. This fight we're talking about happened on the prelims between uh, Saul Rogers and David Gallon. Gallon, Gallon. I think it's Gallon. Gaston. No, it's not Gaston. Oh. No, we're not watching Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> um, no, so it was the situation where Saul Rogers locks in a uh, he's working a guillotine here, right? He had a he had a Dars. It was a Dars. It's my yeah. mistake. Yeah, thank you. Um. My mind's all over the place. It's late. But, yeah, he's working on a Darce, and Galon's trying to defend. He's he's keeping he's doing the right defense here. But at some point, we lose the ability to identify where his face is. He's covered up too much, and referee Jacob Montalvo can't see this either. He comes to check on the status at some point because we're not seeing as much movement. Breaks it up, calls the fight off, weighs the fight off, but immediately you can tell that Davey Galon is not out. Yeah. And it's an unfortunate stoppage. And Big John notices it instantly. It immediately calls it out and says, oh, that's a mistake. The word mistake, I believe, mm-hmm. was used immediately, yeah. right? Um, it clearly wasn't the right move in the sense that, well, he wasn't out, right? The, the, the technical submission here would really only be applied if he actually was out from the choke. He, he is not. Having said that, there's, it's, it's harder to identify where we're at, right? In terms of is he in or out it's difficult. I mean, you can't see his face, so you don't know if he's asleep. Big John's talking about, like, you know, you can feel the tension he's of the a, body and the that tension. kind of thing. And, and, you know, you got to defer at least to some degree on Big John's 
experience here. He's uh, yeah, I, I would. I agree. Obviously, he knew he made the wrong call, but it's such you're in such a tough position because you're in a no win position, really. The only the only thing that I was suggesting to you, and I don't know if this would be the protocol that uh, referees would do, or maybe if this is a better way to do it or not. But I guess if it was me and I had the time to think about it, I would say maybe check the loose leg to see if it's still, you know, if it's moving, if it's limp, that kind of thing, rather than check the body, which is what mm-hmm. uh, referee Montalvo did here. So, he, yeah, he started shaking like the arms and the body kind of like checking. Is there getting any response? But the guy's defending. Both arms are clasped underneath. Yeah, it was it was a weird kind of. You, th- you would think if you're checking the arms and he's out, the arm would come. You would you would be able to move it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the you want to check like limp. Typically, they're checking an arm. There's no arms loose, obviously. So that's why I feel like the leg would be the next place you'd go. But that's not what. Like I wonder, I wonder if you can make some noise if you're with me. Make noise or something. Let me know you're here. Sometimes you even that's hard that. though, because I mean, there's a lot going on in the arena, and it's like, how, how are you going to really get that? Depending on well, it. if you're so, close enough. Maybe. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not trying to like lump on uh, referee Montavo, who I think is a solid referee and and a judge to be to be honest. I think he's one of the few who I feel is like versatile enough to do both roles in like at least a passable or better way, mm. you know. But yeah, it, it's obviously it was a tough situation. It was announced. That Saul Rogers had won by submission. Then we find out midway through the first round of the next fight, Oliver Enkamp and Luca Pugliet, that the ruling had actually been overturned to a no contest. So they very quickly worked behind the scenes to figure that out and get to what I would say at least was the right way to handle a, a tough situation. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a fun spot to be in there. Mm-hmm. Although if it's me... I, and I had to pick one. I'd rather be earlier than late. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. You so, want you want to look out for safety. That's that's the thing. But like yeah, like that. Like we had a we had a situation where the guy was way too late. It's uh, way too late. It's unforgivable. Early, you know, you can understand. You early, can it's from. unfortunate. Yeah, late's unforgivable. I think that's that would be a general rule of thumb. But at least we did get to the right the right way to resolve a bad situation. I think. Yeah. So. It's unfortunate, you know. I think it's probably a learning experience for all officials, you know. But I, I, I'm curious if my suggestion is is a sound idea of how to what to be handled or not. I, I never feel comfortable like going too crazy on refereeing because like that that seems to me like a much more intimidating job than judging, and it, that's just my two cents on it. Maybe I'm wrong, but. What are you laughing about? I was laughing about your suggestion. You're just laughing. I was laughing if, if you no, know, maybe you just checked the toe. Like, this little piggy went to the market. This little piggy went home, checking the toe, get any reaction there. I don't think I've and ever I was, done. I, I was laughing just thinking about a judge, uh, a ref doing that. Yeah, you know, come to think of it, I don't know if I've ever shown, like, my kids how that thing works. Like, they, <laughs> they pro- I feel like they don't even know that, that that's, like, a thing that exists. <laughs> I should, yeah, I should do that. Do the little, show them the little, little piggy thing. <laughs> My little guy would like that. My my youngest. Um, he'll probably get a kick out of it. He's very ticklish. But anyway, neither here nor there. No one gives a crap. <laughs> that was the main thing from Bellator. But I think uh, over on UFC side, there is one that's a much bigger thing that we're going to get into deeper. But before we even get to that, um, Douglas Silva Dandrage against Cody Stamen had a little bit of an adventure in officiating. And I don't think it was necessarily the officiating's fault. It was more relating to officiating because of something that happened with the fighter, right? It's just stupid. Like, Cody Stamen, uh, 
calling for an upkick that wasn't an upkick. Like in head. the middle of a scramble. Like yeah. we're in the middle of a scramble position. He pushes him off, pushes off on like the shoulder, the neck area with his foot. Says, "Hey, he kicked me in the face." And the ref's like, "Oh, all right, stop." <laughs> <laughs> Called his own foul. And then, and then they just whatever. stand up, right? Yeah. So, and then they re- they restart standing. Goes, the, the, goes on issues, to lose. Stamen loses with, the fight, and then yeah. he, he's like talking about he wants to appeal. Yeah, Stamen had the, the best round of the fight. Doesn't mean he wins. He lost two pretty easily. One and two. Well, judges were on on the same page there. Um, yeah, I, so we have no rounds to talk about from that fight. Like, I don't know the. I don't. I'm more versed in the scoring criteria than I am officiating procedure. Likewise. So I don't. I don't know exactly what the rules, but my suggestion would be is. Say say that it was a real upkick and no point was taken. It was just a warning was given. But you you keep the position as long as the fighter on top that got fouled wants to still on the ground. I would think he gets the choice. But where do you put uh, him in that that's scenario? Because that's, that's a scramble. At. That's what I'm getting at. You just all fights that have a uh, a uh, a foul like that, close guard or open guard, and you restart from there. Unless it, say it say the say it happens inside control. Then you reset them inside. Well, sure. If there's but, if there's an established position that so, you can get them back to, but but I don't know. I feel like it's a tricky thing. I I'm almost more inclined to stand it up. I don't know. It's it's because he doesn't have that position either. But well, here's the thing: you can't. You there is no recreating an exact position. So you sure. just got to put him in a general position, similar to it. In that sense, that would be my suggestion. I mean, probably the most similar thing would be start Cody just standing and and start. Uh, De Silva down on his back, yeah, yeah. That that, that seems would... the more close to what they had. It wasn't really that either, right. but yeah, but it, it, it doesn't feel like like he shouldn't even have to be in the closed guard or or shouldn't be get to that position either. Because what if he doesn't get to that? Or know? or Cody just worry about fighting and not, yeah, how about and, that? And let the ref do his job. There is that too. If he thinks it was a kick to your face, he'll he'll call it. Yeah, this this is this is almost like a non-starter, but it'd be just because we heard things about appeals and that yeah. kind of thing, it seemed like the right thing to address. Oh, uh, by the way, that appeal is not going to to pass. It, it it's going to get thrown out. Al- almost assuredly, so, it will be denied, and it won't get thrown out. But they'll just they'll review it this and is stupid. Then deny it. Yeah, That's well, what they're going to say. They're going to say, "Hey, this is dumb." I mean, I don't uh, throw I don't it know out. what they do in North Carolina. Well, that, this is dumb. Throw it out. They're gonna maybe they'll say that before they have some barbecue and go to a Panthers game, which is something I want to do. That sounds like a great time. It would be a wonderful time. <laughs> I want to go to a Panthers game. Bryce Young, future of the team. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that wasn't the only thing, and this is the bigger thing. For Actually, the um, oh, you got something else before got? we got? get into that. I want to say, uh, what fight was it? Um, Carlos Olberg ended the fight on his own as well. Oh. Yes, yes, he did. That's right. Um, Good call. But we, uh, but I mean. Potier was out, so yeah, and oh. that and that was this. This was the one that prompted. Uh, this is the prompted the, the rant from, from uh, Dom yeah. Cruz. Oh yeah, but every week, still, I mean, Olberg walked him. He Let said, it go, Dom. He's like, all right, we're. I think I'm done here. And then Keith Peterson's like, yeah, I think we're done here too. Mm. So, but we've seen that before. That yeah. type of thing does happen. Mm-hmm. The most awkward thing is when they tell him to keep fighting, and that that we've seen before, mm-hmm. and it's like. Like he no, probably was gonna let it go. Alberg walked away, and then he saw it. He's like, "Oh, he is out. Okay, yeah, end it." Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't got too big an issue with that. So yeah, actually, I don't think I have an issue at all with that. Really? Yeah. All right. So well, I just wanted to point it out because it was another officiating. No, absolutely. Yeah. Before we get, we're, into we're still in the peripheral kind of. The, there was a lot of. We had a lot of reasons to talk about officiating this mm-hmm. week, but no bigger than in the fight between uh, Mandy Boom. And who, who, by the way, is missing a like just a perfect marketing opportunity to be nicknamed Ka or Kaboom. 
mm-hmm. and to walk out to here comes the boom. Yep. And I just, uh, no one on her team is helping her. Someone needs to put, sit her down and say, listen, we've got to do a little bit more. We can do better than that. But, but that's it. That's all we're talking mm-hmm. about for the night. No, no, no. Mandy Boom against Ji Young Kim. This fight had a lot. I mean, there's a there's a contested <laughs> round we'll get to in a little bit. We'll lead off contested rounds with that. But later in the fight, because that was round one, right at the end of round two is where it all begins because Kim is going for a, this is the guillotine. This she's is, going yeah. for a guillotine here. She's, I mean, she's, she's going for quote a, unquote going for it. A uh, yeah, t- going for it. Maybe yeah. she just has it wrapped up. She's not trying to finish it at all. You can here. tell there's there's a there's a distinct lack of uh, urgency. Yeah, I'm just gonna hold your neck here. But as they break up, squeeze. it ends the round in that position. They break up, and Boom's trying to get up off and out. And inexplicably and unprompted, Kim just pushes her with her foot, knocks her down. Mm-hmm. It's like, more of a you... kick, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was more of a kick than the up kick from uh, <laughs> Silva Dandrade. You're probably right. You're probably right. Um, but, like, what was going through her head? What are you thinking, girl? She wasn't getting up fast enough, apparently. Yeah. So <laughs> wait, because you lost the point. Now, it was taken in, uh, let's say, a more awkward way than DC. Daniel Cormier was happy with because mm-hmm. he was complaining that they waited so long. They did it after the break and like one that was on the the screen mm-hmm. the, to replay. I don't know if the official was just uh, it was a local official. Do we have the name? We did have the name. It was a local uh, official. I'm, I'm going to keep going, but it was a local official who basically was looked like they were just looking for the screen to kind of get confirmation and then took the point before the round started. It was it was a little awkward, but also it didn't interrupt any action. Literally nothing was stopped as a result. So no problem. No harm. No. F- well, I would say no harm, no foul. But there was a there was, you know, a little harm <laughs> and, and a definitive foul. So it one was one point taken away. The referee was. Larry Carter. Larry Carter. I, I didn't think. Um, see, the issue, I don't think there's an issue. I, I, I was kind of thinking, I was like, well, round's over. Let her go to her corner. Let them do what they got to do. And then well, as the round starts. Well, why don't you share your reaction when you saw this live? Like, Oh, my day. goodness. I saw, I was, I'm watching. I'm in my basement watching. And bell goes off. She kicks her. I go, oh, that's a point. And they go to commercial break. <laughs> oh, my God. Get back. We got to see what happens here. I like how you described it though to me. Where you're like, "Oh, I, I shouted out, oh, there's a point.' No, to nobody in particular. No one's in the room. I, yeah, I just yelled. I was by myself. I just yelled. That's a point. <laughs> and it was a point. It is interesting. It is interesting how the UFC scorecards written. I don't know if it's transcribed exactly how they ended up because yeah, because the UFC took a, transcribes. Yeah. Well, they took a long, long time sorting this out at the end of end of round three. It looks like two points were taken. For round three. Well, let's, so let's not kick, get ahead of ourselves. But let's, I'm saying how it's written. It's kind of mm-hmm. strange. Yeah. It, I mean, it's transcribed, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. even worry about the way. Sometimes the the way the UFC presents it isn't necessarily the way it actually looks on the card. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's better or worse. It's you know, We don't see the official scorecards from UFC anymore because um, they have their own little template they'll transcribe, which can be useful, but also can lead to errors in transcription. But nonetheless, the bigger thing here that i think is going to lead a lot more conversation is is the way this fight ends because we do get once round three resumes we only get like was it 40 like like 80 seconds in or something like that Mm -hmm. and then an illegal knee is called on ji young kim and at some point mandy bohm realizes she cannot continue and they call the way wave the fight off which means it's going to a technical decision and 
you know, they've had 80 seconds here, so there's enough to evaluate. It's not like mm-hmm. it was just a staring contest or something. We, we've got some some good knees to the leg from Kim and that kind of thing. I think she does enough to take the round. And yeah, I think the only way you can score this round is It's really 10-9. the only thing you can do because there is offense, and it's really only coming from Kim here. So, you know, the right call was made. All three judges did give that round to Kim, but... It is ruled to be because it's a, an illegal strike um, at the discretion of the referee, which is totally within the referee's right and regulation or uh, responsibilities to decipher what to do here. The referee does take a point, but he takes a point after the judges already hand their score yes. cards in. <laughs> so it leads to this whole confusing thing where the judges, I guess, had to get the cards passed back out to them. Right? Is that what they were saying on the broadcast? Yeah. So they were returning yeah. their scorecards to to make up for the point. So they all had to do it because not everybody. I think there's some commissions where the scorekeeper will will take the point away, and some where the judges are asked to do it. It just like depends where you are, if I understand. Mm. Um, seems North Carolina would be one of the states where they have the judges do it. Okay. Um, I feel like that should just be taken out of their hands anyway. Just let them decide the round winner. and you yeah. could, The scorekeeper can do the math. Yeah. It's not that hard. Anyway. Um, Although I was struggling trying to figure out the math of all the possibilities. Because I knew there was close rounds. And I was like, oh, I think. Sure. Round, I thought round two would be the one that was split. But uh, and it, it was wasn't. not. Yeah, it was. That was unanimous for Kim. Um, But yeah, the, the way this fight ends, though. And you and I had a had a like the debate too, and I, I think we can probably yeah. you know hasten it and focus it in for for our dear listeners here. the The nature of the way this strike lands, you and I can split hairs on it. Is is it possible that the strike is landed because, uh, or, or while Kim is sort of lifting up Boom to land the knee, because we do see at some point the 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 palm comes off the ground, mm-hmm. and it's really just fingers left. Now is it? She comes up because she's hit with the strike, or is it prior to the strike landing, but after the strike is thrown? Uh, that's probably an answer we'll never get. But it kind of prompted in me the 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 thinking through of like why we still have not that the game is being played, and you know what I mean by the game, the you know the idea of putting your hand down to keep you protected from getting those strikes. It's just that what are we looking for when we have these limbs down you know what is what is it that we want it to be do we want it to be load bearing should the word say load bearing i don't think it does say load bearing right i think it just says a a third i thought they were trying to to iron this out i think they tried to they're continually trying to but getting everybody on board with the same thing has not been easy i got the easiest solution for you if there's if there's two soles of your feet on the ground they're standing Mm. that's it I don't hate that. Like, I don't. Th- that's that's the rule. Yeah, that's it. I don't hate that. So then you eliminate all possibility of these game playing things. You're not wrong. So you're not wrong. What about a yeah? So basically, if a knee is down and and you don't have the not the not the sole but the heel right in particular right uh any any portion of the bottom of the foot. So what if I'm you're right. down on a knee? If you're down on a knee, oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. you can still be that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, so yeah, let's uh, try to avoid all loopholes. Yes. If a knee is down, you're down. Yeah. There we, I, I get what you're seem, saying. Yeah, yeah, you, got, d- you can have the toes exactly. like, uh, curled up. Yep, that's, that's precisely what I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's ways to get, or like, at least allow for discretion to say, okay, is is this a, like, even without changing that, like, is it a palm that's load-bearing, or is it a situation where we've just got a little bit of fingers down, you know? Mm-hmm. Because they said the fist can be, if the fist is down, it's load-bearing. I remember, I remember that mm-hmm. from someone, I forget who. 
Now I had told you, and I did you actually see the thing I was talking about with Henry Cejudo and and, and Herb Dean? No, you described it. To okay, me. yeah, but it, well, and, and I'll describe for our listeners. There was uh, the UFC had put out uh, a clip uh, of Henry Cejudo before his fight last week in Newark, having a conversation with Herb Dean. I don't know who put it out. I, I think it was UFC. It could have been Henry's people for all I know. But uh, it was a conversation pre-fight about, I guess, Cejudo was concerned about Sterling potentially playing the game and you know maybe getting in situations because he go, he'll go for takedowns and kind of stay down and that kind of thing, which, which we saw play out. But it, actually, he was really grounded. He was totally down. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was concern, and Herb Dean assured him, like, listen, I know there's between someone who's playing the game and someone who's down you know like you don't have to worry about that kind of thing so mm-hmm. at least the, you know a good official like herb understands that kind of thing less experienced official i don't know but really there should just be better language that i think can illustrate even the the which we i still think it's crummy right now i think you probably have even a better idea but even if we could just clean it up a little bit so we can understand like shoot what what what's what's constitutes a hand being down so or not? yeah I pulled up the uh, the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which rules? This is this ABC. ABC, ABC okay. rules. A grounded fighter is defined as any part of the body, other sole of the feet, touching the fighting area. Other than sole of the feet. No, no, no. I'm reading it verbatim. Okay. There's words missing. <laughs> um, just saying. Oh, uh, my God. Please get a copy editor to fix these, the language in this stuff. Man, you need it bad. Go on. Any part of the body... Other sole of the feet touching the fighting area floor. To be grounded, the palm of one hand, a flat palm, must be down. And or any other body part must be touching the fighting area floor. A single knee, arm, not fingers, makes the fighter grounded without having any other body part in touch with the fighting area floor. At this time, kicks or knees to the head will not be allowed. So this leads us back to... The situation we're actually talking about in this fight, because, mm-hmm. again, I'm you and I are t- trying to figure out I have one opinion, you have another. And again, we're not going to get our answer. But the the fingers at some point are all that's down because she is Mandy Bowman is lifted up by by Kim. By the time the by, knee hits her, she's just there's just fingers touching. It, you're, I'll say that you think that's it. OK, see, that's what I think. But yeah. I think where we our disconnect is she threw the knee when the hand is clearly down. But it doesn't so, matter because we've seen people throw illegal strikes that once they, they stand up before it lands, it's not illegal. It's only illegal if it lands in that way. We're only talking – it's the same thing in judging. We talk about effect. Mm. That's the effect is when it lands, not when it's thrown. I can attempt to throw an illegal strike, and I can miss – or I can attempt to throw an illegal strike, but that's and different, it becomes though. legal by the time it lands. That's different, Scott, because I I don't think that is the actual thing. Because say now a fighter sees a knee coming to their head, they put their hand on the ground and it lands after they put their hand on well, the ground. Well, that's different. That's the same thing as thrown. Sorry, I don't mean to talk over you. So but, why wouldn't why wouldn't it be the same way? But but it I would lump that into the same kind of idea of like okay, if you're getting punched in the back of the head because you turned your head. You know, that's that's also like not OK. You can't just play defense by giving the the vulnerable portion of your head. I would think the I think the hand's got to be up before you throw the thing. Like yeah. you, if you if that's you, you know, lift them up and throw it. You got to lift them first. Veteran officials help us here. Weigh in. Give us some help. Send us an email. Send us a message of some form. We would love to have the clarified. Send candy to uh, send candy to Dan. Not chocolate, though. He doesn't like chocolate anymore. I love chocolate. I just can't eat it. All right. Well, the net gain, sir, is that you can't have it. Yeah. See, this is we're the same thing here. We're we're having the same debate <laughs> over candy as we are about knees. And the, all right, we got to move on from this. Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch. Fine. Whatever. Thank you.
My 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 youngest likes Sour Patch Kids. Mm-hmm. I hate that stuff. Oh. I like chocolate. Send me the chocolate. Anyway, I think that's probably. I think we've dug deep into that particular round, but it was a weird situation. You know, we had multiple fouls. Um, one was a completely unforced error. The other one, at least we're, we're debating a little bit. But nonetheless, we do get a situation where Kim ends up losing this fight, which she was winning, I think, at least the majority of the fight. Yeah. You know, which, which again, didn't go the full 15 minutes. But we do have a split round, which ends up leading to our technical split decision. 28-27 twice for Mandy Bohm. Boom. And 28-27 for... Ji Young Kim. So totally typical MMA yeah, score. Yeah, it's just a usual everyday run of the mill, 28, 27, three, you know, three of them and two go one way. Round one. We gotta talk about how we got here. What because this round really does decide the fight. Yeah, it does. It's a, the whole fight hinges on this. So what's going on? Uh well, so Kim comes out, she blasts it with her right hand, bombs a little bit wobbled. I think um, she's born a little bit while. Yeah, she's, she's in kinda, great shape at yeah, this point. Yeah, she's kind of... Briefly, anyway. Yeah, she does get a clinch and gets a uh, that like step-over throw type thing that she lands. It gets on the, uh, to the ground and gets to the back and locks in a side naked choke, I guess, I guess you would call it. Sure. Like, just, I'm just going to hug your head kind of thing. I, I don't think it's close. I don't think... It doesn't look that. Yeah. I don't even know if you would call... I don't even know if the stats call this a sub-attempt or not. There um, is a sub attempt in this round. I don't know if it's okay. this or not. Well, there's, yeah, there's, well, she has to, ch- okay, keep going with the round. Sure. Terrible angle. She's never going to choke her here. Uh, Kim eventually turns into her, into the guard. At this point, Bohm's like, uh, I'm going to triangle her, except uh, outside of crossing the legs and isolating one arm out, she never really makes any adjustments to, to finish this, never gets off to an angle. I don't think it's all that close. Kim escapes, gets around to the back on her own, and now she locks in. A rear naked choke attempt. It's better than what Bohm had, but it's it's not. She's not going to finish. She's it. not finishing this fight with this thing. Um, and then Bohm, they get back to the feet. Bohm gets her down to the ground, gets on top, passes the side control, and I think she throws a couple elbows. Nothing really great. Doesn't do much round ends. Kind of. It's closer than I originally thought it was going to be. Right. You originally thought that I was like, oh, "There's no way we're talking about this round." Mm-hmm. Um, but here we are. But uh, you thought. You, because you had it for Kim. I had it for Kim. Yeah, I, th- I had Kim winning this round 10-9. Mm-hmm. But now you Mainly, see it a little closer. Yeah, it's a little it's a little bit more closer than I, I originally thought. But uh, I think Kim, that, that strike in the beginning is, is is the round. And it's her only strike so, she lands, by the numbers especially. I mean, like You could watch yeah. that fight. I've watched that round twice now because I did end up watching it with you. And Kim really doesn't land anything else. Like, not, not even, quote-unquote, insignificant strikes, right? Mm-hmm. Is that's her that's her whole offense from a from a damage uh inducing damage delivering perspective. But it's a big one. It's a big one. Also I think all of, I think she had the better sub attempt, if we're even gonna call any of these three sub sure. attempts in this round. I think she has the best of that. Yeah, I don't disagree. Plus that uh one strike at the start of the round. Right. I, I mean I'm with you. I ended up giving this round to Ji Young Kim too. I think the damage is the, the the when you're talking about who did more damage, more effective striking. I think it's most definitely her, and I do think, yeah, I think you can make a case that the the more successful, more effective grappler in terms of being able to potentially end the fight might have been her. The grappling is on the whole, I think, very even. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, yeah it's 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 almost it's, indistinguishable, and you can make the case one way or the other. I think. Very evenly. No, but I, no one's but the difference finishing. is that strike, I think. Yeah, right? no one's finishing from the grappling point of view with yeah. any of these 
uh, attempts that they had. They were just they just wasn't there. Yeah. So that's why I feel like the damage yeah. being done, the 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 again, the effect of striking is the difference maker, and that's why I gave it to Kim. That's why you mm-hmm. did it right. So we ended up siding not with the veteran. Uh, traveling judges Mike Bell and Junichiro Kamijo. Oh, who... good, good to see Junichiro Kamijo <laughs> outside of Vegas. Yeah, I know. So. I was gonna say he does. He doesn't travel too often, but he's he came over to the East Coast for this one in uh, in in North Carolina. But no, we did not side with the traveling judges here. We sided with the local judge Bobby Harris. So what does that mean for Judge Harris? Couchside over. <laughs> I'm gonna send that with a Panthers magnet. I hated this fight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, we've been talking about it now for like 15, 20 minutes. This fight had a lot to it. I think yeah. we can move on from it at long last, yeah, right? A few expletives in my notes. You did. You had a lot of F-bombs. Your potty mouth. <laughs> Where to next? We'll go, let's let's go to the co-main of this one. Now, we, again, we don't have too many rounds, really. We're, I think it's going to be a little smooth, smoother sailing the rest of the show. I think we've gotten the big stuff out of the way. Johnny Walker got the win over Anthony Smith. Unanimous decision, 30-27 twice, and a 29-28. So the winner was not in question. It was about round two who happened to be winning that round. So what, what's going on? Yeah, so this was this the version of Johnny Walker that came into this fight was... Uh, black? More calculated. Blue label? Oh, sorry. I didn't know which was the version you were talking about. Oh, no, I know. Not I black it. label? They're black label, gold label, silver label, blue label. They all taste the same, and they all taste horrible. I don't know. I don't drink. Scotch is gross. Uh... And now uh, people are going to be, oh, no, this is so much better. It's horrible. It absolutely is disgusting. Well, it's made by Scottish people, so uh, I, I approve. Okay. My grandmother's from Scotland. Okay. Scotch is gross. Anyway. <laughs> Just keep going. Johnny Walker, he had a good game plan. He won the, he won the fight. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, I think it's very fortunate that they took this off being a headliner because five rounds of this, we didn't need five rounds to know who the better fighter was. Um, but anyway, round two, it's a, it's a closer round than round one. Round one, Walker almost got a finish. Uh, but Smith lands a couple big shots upstairs, a couple good leg kicks. But I think it was Walker who was the one that was more effective. He had good strikes to the head, a lot of leg kicks, a lot of solid leg kicks. Uh, also, this round looks like it happened in slow motion. Uh, but 10-9, Walker. Yeah, I had, I had Walker too. Same reason. I, th- I thought the leg kicks were, were working pretty well in this particular round. Uh, so, you know, I, I yeah, gave it to him. I, I, think, I think this ended up being a clean sweep. For Johnny Walker, I can I can see where the argument could be made from Brian Puccillo, a fellow traveling judge, a lot, well, not fellow, but like like the other ones, a traveling judge who one who we don't hear from too often. But now we've started to hear from a couple more times. Now they're moving around the country a little more, right? Um, yeah, but we we ended up siding with Mike Bell and Janitro Camillo again. So we're friendly with them again. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're back we, on their side. Yeah, they don't suck anymore. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's that's it for that fight though. I mean, just not a whole lot more to share. Last round from UFC was on the prelims heavyweight fight, which didn't even be a. It wasn't even a terrible heavyweight fight. You know, we're always down on the heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Then this one did go the distance, but I didn't think it was that bad a fight. Um, all things considered, actually, it was a decent heavyweight fight. Yeah, it was decent. Like I was, it, I mean, decent is like a like a five out of five. No one almost. needed. <laughs> no one needed an oxygen tank after it. That's right. In between rounds, a distinct lack of like pauses against the cage mm-hmm. where they're clinching there's nothing wrong with you know doing a little you know the dirty work against the cage but then you know sometimes it's just okay well they obviously can't make 15 minutes so they need this few minutes just to get through but that wasn't that was not the case here in carl williams victory which was 30 27 twice and 29 28 just like the other fight we were just talking about over chase sherman but round two is split so let's talk about it 
Yeah, so Williams cracked Sherman uh, you know, a few times in the head, some solid combos upstairs. Sherman had three or four really good leg kicks. That got really strong reactions out of Williams from them. Probably the best strikes of the round, I think. Uh, I think that's really where the round is determined. Uh, head strikes versus the leg kicks. I lean towards the head strikes, so... 10-9 Williams. I went the other way. I actually gave more credence in this case, and, and they were good head strikes from mm-hmm. Williams, but I didn't think as many of them in, enough. I thought the the those leg kicks from Sherman were working really well. I think he did a nice job. So I did give this round to Sherman. Uh, I saw it the same way as Judge Camillo. You saw it the same way as the local judges. Uh, again, Bobby Harris and Anthony Hopper Jr. I like his name. Well, he sounds like he should be a NASCAR driver. Yeah. Son of, of course, the great Anthony Hopper Sr., mm-hmm. who, you know, won Talladega back in, what, 85, I think? Yeah, he yeah. Was, yeah, before they had safety features in the car. That's right. No no restrictor plates. <laughs> That's a NASCAR term that I can pull out of my uh, pocket. I don't know much about NASCAR, but I got mm-hmm. that one. I know that rubbing is racing. I also know that if you ain't first, you're last. That's true. That is, uh... And if you're on fire, strip down to your <laughs> underwear and run around. Well, even if it's invisible. Stop, drop, and roll. An imaginary fire. I was talking about stop, drop, and roll today. Yeah? Were you talking with a five-year-old? No, I, I don't... I haven't heard it in forever. But I remember it was like... Because you're not five anymore. I guess, I guess that's... What to yeah, do. I guess I guess that's why, because it's like, <laughs> I remember being told, like, if you get caught on fire, stop, drop, and roll. I'm like, okay. I'll ask my kids what they get taught. Yeah. They love they love firefighters and fire trucks and thus fire safety. Okay. So Fireman they, Sam. They know, they know all about that. Uh, but yeah, so we were split here, you and I. But yeah, I, I can understand why it would go one way or the other. This is a perfectly fine score. I saw some people reacting to this on social media that like a 30-27 Carl Williams score was one of the worst scores like of the year. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> They'll, they'll do it. They'll no, say it. it's perfectly you know, fine. You know, I got to say, particularly this card, it stood out. Commentary was very biased in certain ways. Where it actually, it, it usually always is, but it stood out in, in ways. How dare you accuse especially, the commentary team of such? Especially in the Tim Means, Alex Morono. Okay. And, and, when, and when stats come up on the board, on the. Oh, yeah. On the screen, it sways everything. Yes, it does. It, so, does, it changes the narrative from what they were talking about all, a, a lot of times. In that round, the first round before Morono finished mm-hmm. it in the second. The stats favored Morono, and the commentary favored Morono. Sure. However, Means was unanimously the winner for that round. Yeah. He, he was the more effective fighter. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't come through, and then people see it, and then like, oh, that makes no sense. How'd that even happen? And it's because you're being told that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, And that that's coming specifically from the color commentary team that are interpreting right. the action. Yeah. You know, there's there's obviously multiple roles at play here. Um Two people do more or less one role, and that's DC and, and well, the other DC, Dominic Cruz. Mm-hmm. John Anik is typically there to, ba- and he takes this, he seems to take this role seriously in, in terms of trying to balance things he, out. He tried very hard. Mm-hmm. It, I, I, there was a few things that stuck out. He would, he would try to explain. Sure. But, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was really it, though. There, I mean, we obviously had a lot to talk about in the UFC in terms of other stuff, but that's it for our contested rounds. We don't have any other contested rounds. Real thing, I don't want to overlook. Jonathan yeah. Almeida is amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. We didn't this, really get to talk about any of the actual this guy away from this He's fight. going to be a champ, I think. I don't know about for that, sure. man. I, I, for sure. Someone's going to stop the takedown, and then I want to see what but he can do. there's nobody there that can. John Jones. He's not sticking around, they said. But I would love to see Curtis that fight. Curtis Blades. Okay, he's the only guy. Curtis Blades is the only wrestler sure. ahead of him right now. Not, I don't necessarily so, disagree. That would That's a great fight I'd love to see. I wish they would just let him fight Jones tomorrow. Forget Stipe. I'm over it. Just give him Jones. 
<laughs> You're crazy. I want the other fight. Let's go. Let's move on, though. We, can we got some Bellator. Now. Yeah. We got a little Bellator. I know you didn't watch this live, but you caught up enough to at least talk about the rounds we're going to be talking about. We're only, there were 10 rounds, like we said. There were 10 contested rounds. We've only decided to go over the main event, which had three rounds. Mm-hmm. Three split rounds, despite the fact that all three judges had 49-46. Everybody took turns picking an out round. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> That's all right. And then, uh, and then we've also decided to go over uh, a. It was what it happened to be a unanimous decision: Luca Poclete over Oliver Encamp. But it had two rounds split, and the only media scores that I saw posted happened to be the ones from SureDog doing the live uh, commentary. One of uh, one of them being our a friend of the show, Jay Petri, did the the uh, ABC mm-hmm. training last year with yeah. us. But they all had Encamp the winner, even though Pokley got the decision. So I said, you know what? We should at least go over that okay. fight. You know, we can leave the rest. There's a couple 10-8, 10-9 splits, and then there's three other rounds that it were it, it was all 30-27 twice and 29-28. So we're talking about rounds that like didn't change anything. So I, I think I decided we would just skip those. I think you agree. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with that main event, which was Fabian Edwards. Although um, those are more fun rounds. Was that? Those they're a little bit more fun. Which ones? Uh ten nine versus ten eight. Oh yeah, I know you they're, like doing them, yeah. but but uh but no, I think we've got to at least yeah. talk about the main event here. Yeah, Fabian yeah, Edwards got, yeah. got the win uh over Gegar Musasi, puts him in the driver's seat now. He will be fighting, it looks like, uh Johnny Eblin for the middleweight title. That's an interesting fight. I like that it's a Johnny different. Eblin was there. Johnny Eblin was there, yeah. He does not look like eighty five er. No, he's massive. He is enormous. I've I've been like, in his presence. He's a big guy. My God, he's a big guy. Um, but him fight Charlton Almeida. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, also, former college wrestler, so he would he would at least yeah. be able to handle the takedown a yeah. little bit. Probably won't get ankle picked. Um, the interesting fight. <laughs> anyway, round one is where we're gonna start here because we've got three rounds to go over. Rounds one, two, and four. So what's going on in round one? First two minutes, not much happens. Uh. Edwards landed a nice left to the head, a couple inside leg kicks, and all Musasi landed was a low blow. Uh, so the action stopped after, you know, at the three minute mark. That's an effective strike. It's not a legal strike, but it's effective. <laughs> it, it, it is effective. Uh, as, you know, they restart. As the round goes on, Musasi started throwing a lot, a lot of leg kicks. I just think they had very little impact. It's like that, that front kick to the knee uh, and like just tapping the leg, really, just, just touching it. I didn't think many had. Uh, impact as i said i thought edwards everything he threw was, was a bit more effective so i'm on 10-9 edwards i thought edwards had a nice round i actually did it's not like this isn't a crazy round to go the other way here but it's like almost close but clear to me hmm. i don't think i go there i think it's still close enough that i i i'll give some leeway there but you know i i definitely liked well, I think what I, yeah. edwards was doing on the whole i, th- I just thought it was much edwards, more effective edwards but. had a good round he had a low volume though mm-hmm. Well, and that's so, always the thing, right? When you don't have enough volume, you're kind of leaving yourself in trouble for the chance that it could potentially go the other way. So we did have a split. You and I sided with the majority judges here. This was Eric Colon and Brian Minor, uh, and then Salamato was the one who was out judged. Saw this for Musasi, uh, so I disagreed with Sal. But but again, I I can I can get it. I can especially. It's different, of course, when you're watching on TV compared to live. Like what it, yeah. the leg kicks in particular, I feel like are something that you just don't get the real good feel for it on TV. I think you kind of need to be close for it. So these kicks felt like knees and, and knees are, and kicks. Are you so. familiar with the wrestler Orange Cassidy? No. So he's he's kind of like he's a guy. That I know like, Leaf Cassidy. So that was that he, was Al Snow. 
he's all about being yeah, he he was that was yeah. a good reference thank yeah. you um he's all about like he he being lazy in, okay in half effort so like his thumbs up is like like his thumb is bent like he can barely okay. get it up yeah so he he'll put his hands some, in his, some men have that problem he'll put his hands in his pockets and he'll just tap the shins of the other guy and the crowd goes wild for it these kicks seem similar okay um but yeah i, I didn't they, think there was they much can look there, different though but they can you got to admit be, they can be much different than what what it's coming through on tv because i've had people ask people are asking me about the um maybe it was even you i can't remember but someone was asking me about the the knees that sterling was landing against cejudo last week. i asked you that was that. you they thank you i heavy. thought so right but yeah. on but on broadcast i don't think they looked as heavy mm. but being there you and I both felt it. Yeah. It's a very different thing. And that's why it's always tough when you're talking about, hey, maybe the leg kicks put it over, right? Mm-hmm. You don't think that they landed as hard. But when you're right there, yeah, it's a lot different. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I try hard to remember. It's a lot to remember, man. That, hey, maybe maybe that mm-hmm. was enough. So, but nonetheless, I, I, I feel good about my score. We both had it for Edwards. Let's move on to round two. I think early on, Edwards, Edwards, Edwards is doing better. He's landing... Pretty solid to the head there. Uh, and then he gets a takedown, and uh, Gegard, the moose, uh, lands a bunch of... <laughs> Guys had 60 fights. Dan finally came up with a nickname for him. Yeah, moose. He had nicknames. Gegard moose. Anyway, he lands. he's landed a bunch of shots from the bottom. Uh, quite a few to the back of the head-ish area. Gray area, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Where he's being warned, don't hit the back yeah. of the head. Watch the back of the head by referee Kevin McDonald. <laughs> And then he just continues to punch back. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Kevin's right there, and yeah, Kevin's no, obviously. They were, they were Kevin like, teaches the course, so I'm yeah, sure if they, it was a problem, he would have stopped it. But like, pretty sure most most were probably. It was just hilarious yeah, yeah. because it was the, uh, another time, yet another time where Musasi is uh, not landing a quite legal strike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, a couple of the shots were decent. Yeah, I'm so sure. But I mean, nothing great. He is able to reverse it and get on top. I thought he did land some decent ground and pound from here uh big john also cage side disagreed but I, I it looked good from from our perspective sure um and then he throws a, a knee that is illegal lands on the head looks like it kind of got deflected into the head yeah there's no question here edwards is down he's on his side um so i the- don't know but but was it the tips <laughs> of his side <laughs> yeah just the tip, the, just the tip of the hip just the tip of the like that uh so it, you know the, he's actions paused restarts on the feet uh, Edwards started landing the heaviest strikes of the round in this portion. Uh, he kind of somewhat drops Musasi, more of an off balancing, I guess. Yeah, that that's how I down. took it. Um, he had good leg kicks. He had landed a nice short right that kind of stung Musasi a bit. I think this is an Edwards round. You're wrong. <laughs> no, I but I did disagree with you. I I had it the other way. It's close. But, okay, but uh, I I think it's probably. Of all the rounds in this fight, I think this was actually the closest round. Right. I think it's the easiest one for you to say, okay, yeah, I can I can go either way with that mm-hmm. one. But I did I did side with uh, Musasi here. The moose. On this. Yes, the moose. Whatever. You know, I was looking. Apparently, I was reading about him uh, because his family is Armenian. He was from Iran, but they, they had fled from uh, Armenia. And his original last name, that his family, well, it was families. I believe he was born Musasi, but his family had changed it from, like, Mosesian or something like that, which is you know an Armenian. They, a lot of Armenian surnames end in I A N or or Y A N. Yeah, so that's why mm-hmm. he uh, his his name is a little different. There's a little etymology for you. A little entomology. No, that's in study of insects. Oh, etymology. Etymology. <laughs> yeah, this guy uses all these stupid words. I'm just, just trying. No to, it's all a quiz, and you're failing. Yeah, I didn't agree to take it. 
<laughs> I don't care. You're still in it. Speaking of moose, did you know that they're a predator of orcas? Mo- I don't know. I don't mo- know. Moose eat orca? Apparently, yeah. Not the other way around? Uh, yeah. Or maybe the other way around. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to move on because I had, I should say, I agreed with uh, Judge Brian Minor here. This was the, his turn being the out judge. So I saw it that way. And uh, you saw it the same way as Judge oh, yeah, Cologne it is the other way. Orcas eat moose. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Considering one's a carnivore and the other's not. Yeah. Yeah. Spreading misinformation. But moose. Not on my show. Moose can dive up to like 30 feet. I believe it. And yeah. then they get dove even more when they get animals. bit by an orca. Fascinating. They're amazing. We're not talking about them. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it's funny because all the judges here, like each had a had a turn being the out judge, right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a personality test, like whichever one you side with is that's who you're going to be. So okay. you know, I'm going to generalize personalities based on their geographic location. So you know, let's say if you happen to have sided with Judge D'Amato here in round one, then you know maybe you're a big big fan of of cheese and the Packers. You know, I think they have moose in, in Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah, I'm almost positive of that. Um, if you uh, if you like me, you sided with Judge Minor. You know, maybe uh, I don't know, what, what what's Connecticut all about? Terrible drivers. Say <laughs> so with Pennsylvania. Well, Pennsylvania's worse. Pennsylvania's no, he, way worse. Pennsylvania than just doesn't get out of the left lane. That's why they're worse. Yeah, New York drivers don't. They're do more frustrating. They kind of get out of the way. They don't get out of the way either. Yeah. It's like, dude, just move over. Everybody's better in Jersey, except for those. Awful communists in the South. Well, here's the thing about New Jersey. Everyone says we're the worst drivers. We just happen to be the aggressivest drivers. No, we're the best drivers. We fight to win. We're very good at switching in, lanes like from two to three over to get the, off yeah, the exit. We're in races with people that don't know they're in a race. Oh, yeah. And that's where the issue is. You should know you're in a race. And we're always good at winning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move to round four, man. <laughs> no, seriously. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on, what's the round for? Edwards landed uh, best early in the round. Uh, strongest shots of the round, kicks to the body, uh, and lefts to the head. Musasi gets it down. He lands some ground and pound in the turtle position. Um, but this whole like scramble position is like a 45 seconds uh, sequence. Uh, Edwards is back on the feet, clinches against the cage, lands some knees, then gets a nice, uh, pretty decent, impactful trip as the round ends. So I think 10-9 Edwards. I also think 10-9 Edwards, but yeah. Close enough. Just inside yeah. that way. It's in, inside with Judge Cologne here because, I mean, let's be honest, it's it's Taylor Well, personality try you Taylor Ham. Taylor Ham and Pork Roll. Oh, okay. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone from South Jersey, they just don't get it. They're, them sitting there eating their pork roll and their hoagies while they're drinking their water. You know they say water down there, right, instead of water? Water. I mean, I don't I Maybe maybe Eric Cologne does not do that. I don't water? know, but I'm just water. saying. No, it's water. Water. Not water. Water. If you go to Philly... And you ask for something to drink, they'd say, well, we've got some water. Water? Water. Like, it's almost like wood. Is it like, coffee? Like tre- they say coffee, tree? right? I don't know. Probably not. They couldn't possibly. All right. The, the line is basically this. If you if you get Phillies games on your TV instead of Mets and Yankees, you're you're in the part of the country that says things wrong and does things wrong. Ah. The part of the state, I should okay. say. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It, or if you throw batteries at people, that's your instinct. Yeah, but that's really more isolated to Philadelphia okay. and the terrible people of Philadelphia. Okay, so I got you. If you're a listener from Philadelphia, I'm sorry that you're from <laughs> Philadelphia. Oh, Giants are about to go 2-0 <laughs> this year against you. Uh, <laughs> we got one more fight to do here. Let's move on. Luca Pogli 
Got the win over Oliver and Camp in this fight we mentioned before. 29-28 twice and a 30-27. But we do have two split rounds, so we're talking about a potential to see if we maybe think that Oliver and Camp has a say. Yeah. In saying that maybe he won. So let's talk about round one. This might have been the most interesting round. I think it was the most interesting fight we talked about. Yeah. Yeah, In terms of the actual fight itself. Yeah. uh, Pokley takes it. Well, you know what? You mentioned this as we were watching. You you enjoying this? This is your style fight? And I said, hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, It felt like it. Because there's a lot of grappling. I love this fight. Uh, Pokley takes it down quickly. uh, Doesn't really throw any ground and pound. And Camp sweeps him. Gets on top. Lands a couple punches. Uh, Pokley's able to get back up. And then he goes and gets another takedown while in camp uh, attacks a guillotine. Uh, not close. Doesn't get it. Uh, passes the side. And camp regains his guard. He attacks some subs, including a go-go plata. Yay! Scott was, you know, freaking out about I, it. I said, I know that this doesn't work, but I'm still excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice to see someone attack it. Yeah. Um. Then, you know, from the bottom, he's landing some heavy punches and up kicks. Uh, Pokley postures up, uh, lands some ground and pound. But other than that, I don't think... He had all that much effective offense outside of the end of the round. Um, I favor uh, in camp here, 10-9. Before I get my score, I want to point out what we're talking about, the Gogo Plata. Later on in the fight, the man who we would all expect to be going for the Gogo Plata, don't believe he did, but Brent Primus picked up a really good win over uh, Mansur Barnu- Bar- Barnui, I believe. It was. And the Bar- guy who wasn't even in the Grand Prix is yes. now moving on. He's now moving on to have a title fight. That's against Usman Nurmagomedov that's, that's in, in the semifinals. The Grand Prix is fantastic. <laughs> it gives guys opportunities they would never have. That's why we have DC. Yeah. Which, you know, great for the sport, bad for the judging conversation. DC was an alternate. But in funny in, in everything. Yeah. Awesome. So how, what was your score? He's now? a national treasure. Um, he is. In, in, you know, again, outside of the scoring. But <laughs> yeah, but I, I also sided with you and, and uh, Oliver Rankamp here. I saw... I saw what I thought to be more effective offense coming from. I felt I felt good about this round. I'm not saying you couldn't go the other way, but I felt pretty good here. Yeah. I felt I felt like Oliver and Camp had a real did a real good job in this round. Okay. Um. So yeah, we um uh, we agreed with Brian Miner here. Went against uh judges Ben Cartledge and Eric Colon. So what does that mean for Judge Brian Miner? Cowside over. <laughs> You think he's really a bad driver? Are you just saying all Connecticut people are? I'm generalizing. You're generalizing. I got yeah. you. I got you. I really don't know much about Connecticut. That drive when I went to Bellator was <laughs> awful. Yeah. It's just awful. No one knew where they were going. <laughs> it, it was. So is Connecticut just a, a place of lost people? Is that what you're they saying? They have great pizza, though. New Haven pizza. Uh, anything was really, anything really Connecticut, good. New York, uh, and New Jersey, I think, is really yeah. good pizza. Yeah, like, uh, I I'm st- okay. I I I would consent to that. Yeah. I I stopped to get pizza at, at one of the the more popular places. Was it Mystic Pizza? No, uh, Sally's a pizza. Okay, really good. All right, I ate the whole pie in the ride home. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm impressed. Let's <laughs> talk about round two though. We got one more round to talk about. Uh, I thought it was a close round. That's it. Cool. Uh, and- <laughs> Moving on. We're done. Uh, and Camp landed some decent shots on the feet, but Pokley had his offense. Uh, had his own offense. It was a couple good stings. And when he gets it on the ground, different than the previous round, he's like, he's throwing a lot more ground and pound here. And in camp, never really had any solid sub attempts like he did in the uh, in the first round. Pokley grabs the back at the end as the round's ending. Uh, it is close, but I think it's 10-9 Pokley. I think you thought this round was closer than I did, but I also, I, again, I can kind of see how it would go this way. Um, for end camp, the way, uh, potentially the way Ben Cartlidge saw it, but I saw it as you did. 
as Judge Cologne Minor did for Pokeleet. So I think ultimately the judges probably did get the right guy the win here. So mm-hmm. that feels fine to me. But that was it. That was, I mean, that was it. Like we didn't talk about anything for an hour. <laughs> um, finished wise, though, favorite finishes. We had three from Bellator because we had a lot of decisions. And then we had seven from UFC. Cumulatively, we had six KOs or TKOs, four submissions, and five fights all in the UFC ended in the first round. No first round finishes in Bellator. That's that was unusual. That is unusual. Yeah. Wow. Especially for all, so many with fights. All too. the fights and yeah, they all went the distance and stuff too. It was like, Jesus. Maybe maybe. Well, they, they technically they had one. Technically one did end in the first round. It just, yeah. you know, wasn't a first round finish because yeah. it's an official no contest. We've yeah. talked about that one. Just We're so. moving forward here. What was your favorite finish? Uh Alex Morono's guillotine off of a failed spinning backfist uh, that caused uh, his opponent to try to shoot. A very fundamental setup to the Armin <laughs> guillotine, yes. Yeah, Tim, it caused Tim Means to, to come in, and Morono took uh, advantage of it, locked up the guilty. Uh, supposedly, this is his move. Yes, that's what they're saying. This is, like, he's, this is what he does. It's he his... sets it up with spinning, uh, spinning-ish, yeah. and then when that fails, Locks he just goes up. for an Armin guillotine, yeah. And it, it worked, and then, you know... That was my favorite. Armin is like a hard specialty in, in MMA, too. It's like, that's not See, always yeah. the most success. I mean, you can get it. Obviously, he did, but. It's weird. Some people are better with the Armin yeah. than they are without the arm. It's like, it's. It's like something more to hold on to me. Yeah, I don't, I, don't know. I don't know. I couldn't. I was never very strong with the Armin position. I, I kind of felt like I mm. needed to have the no arm mm. when I would grapple, which has been a long time and I miss it. So. <laughs> um, that I knew you were going to pick that one as your finish, so I, I kind of went in a different direction, but this was a really good one too. It was Matt Brown delivering the thunder and lightning in the right hand, dropping Court McGee, walk-off knockout. Um, just an, an impressive performance from him, but I also wanted to make sure I took the time to highlight the fact that Matt Brown and Court McGee, the fact that they're alive is kind of a miracle because they both survived near death experiences with uh drug overdoses i believe both heroin in the cases of each of them uh, that's why matt brown is the immortal the immortal and uh they've not only beaten addiction uh, or continue to beat it every day but they've been in the ufc for more than a decade well over a decade they're thriving they were able to fight each other they took a nice picture afterward that was uh got shared on social media i ended up sharing it too and uh, I'm just like basically echoing the same things I'm saying now is just the fact that you love to see them getting past their demons, being able to beat their demons and, and succeed in life. So I'm happy for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. For, good for them. But awesome, awesome knockout, too. And they, they <laughs> give us awesome fights. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, they said Matt Brown said he said I was setting that up. I, I was timing off his jab and I, I knew I was going to get there. I mean, he punched right through him, so, too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's good knockout punches that like, oh, they land. But like he punched right through his face. Yeah, it just it turned his head and he was already out. Of course, McGee he was he was falling. He knew it was over. He's like Matt uh, Brown didn't bother. Yeah, and the, you know, yeah, class, is... classy, good. When you've had enough knockouts as as he does, you can you can figure it out. But that is it. That was it from a very busy who had the fight wrong weekend. Heath Herring had a wrong wrong walk off against Nogueira, right? He dropped him. He's, he's like, yeah, he's gonna walk it off. And then wow. Nogueira got back up and he ended up winning. Man, I don't remember that. Would have been yeah. Pride, right? No, that was in the UFC. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I don't remember the yeah. fight, but yes, I do remember that they did yeah. fight in the UFC. Man, Heath Herring had a tough draw in the UFC. <laughs> he didn't last very long in the UFC, but he fought He fought Brock. He got rolled over by Brock, and he fought Big Nog. Mm-hmm. He have one more fight in there, I think. No, I'm not sure. I don't know, but nonetheless, he had, he had a tough road. But that's it. Let's, let's look ahead now real quick before we close out. This is our last fight weekend 
before we get one week break. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. They used to put fights on Memorial Day weekend. I think they moved away from that a bunch of years back, and I think we're all grateful for it. It's nice to have Mm -hmm. a little break around the holiday, right? So, yeah, this one's headlined by Mackenzie Dern, Angela Hill, a fight we were talking about a couple weeks ago, figured we'd be talking about on our show. I'm going to bet that this being five rounds, we have a bigger chance of talking about. I say we have zero chance of talking about this. It's ending in the first round. They don't need two extra rounds. This could have been a three-round fight. could have been a one-round fight. We got one winner. It's Mackenzie Dern. She's subbing Angela Hill. And that's that. Well, this fight moved into the main slot because we lost the original headliner, which was Irene Aldana against Raquel Pennington. Irene Aldana stepped up to get a title yeah, well, shot next month. We'll be talking about that good fight. For her. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it worked out for her. Honestly, it's worked out for everybody. I'd rather have that fight than yeah. the trilogy fight between Juliana Pena and mm. Mena Nunes anyway. And I don't need that one now or later unless, you know, maybe picks up another win. But yeah, the immediate one I didn't love. So I, I think we're, I think it's better this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pennington, I understand it from, I believe it was Dana said to us at the press conference last week that uh, Rocky's going to be the backup. She'll weigh in backup for okay. that one. So. Um, What's with all of these backups? Oh, they love doing it now. They don't like to have a no title fight happen. Yeah, I know. But what happened to guys already on the card that got a they got a promotion like like Ally Quinta? Like yeah, or Charlie Brenneman when he gets up to step up step up to fight Rick Story. Yeah, but that wasn't for a title. And it wasn't for a title, but still, it's mm. a, it was a huge win for him at the it time. It was. It was a big promotion for Sheets over in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Um, but yeah, so this one's Saturday, by the way. Uh, seven p.m. Eastern time. Main card begins. In Las Vegas at the Apex, they are back there. I'm sure all the judges are, mm-hmm. will be reunited in one place. Junichiro Kamijo is going to be back in Vegas where he where he's more comfortable. I'm sure. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, anything else you want to see on this card? Oh uh, yeah, there's a couple. I mean, uh, always interested in Chase Hooper. He's on the card against oh, yeah. Nick Fury. Nick uh, Fury. Nick from the Avengers. Yeah. Okay, totally. Cool. That's neat. Uh, and uh, just because I'm, I can't believe he's still fighting. Michael Johnson versus Diego Fajardo. He is still fighting. Yeah, that'll be a decent fight. Diego Fajardo's fun too. I think that'll be a fun fight. Let's hope. And it'll probably be a close fight, as <laughs> Michael Johnson fights tend to be. We tend to get some version of a either a close unanimous decision or a split decision, or fight of the night, or fight of the night, or sometimes all at once. Yeah, I mean, you can't have two types of decisions, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, I want to see Edmund Chabazian again, and I like him against Anthony Hernandez because it's another guy who's kind of on the youngerish side, I guess, you know, more more in the up and coming. Mm-hmm. So I like this. I think we now have Chabazian isn't necessarily a prospect that like needs to be protected in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. He suffers from setbacks. Let's just let's just see how he does against other prospects. He yeah, he's been in there with, with the top of the division. So. He has. And he wasn't ready. He right. was young. He's still mm-hmm. young. So there's no way to write him off yet. But yeah, I mean let's 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 just see how he does. I like this fight. Hernandez is the one who beat uh Adolfo Vieira by submission. Mm-hmm. Which was wild that it happened, but obviously these things happen in MMA. Yeah, these things happen. <laughs> I also like uh, Andre Fialio against uh, Joaquin Buckley. That's a good one. Who's down at 170 now. Yeah. I don't remember if this is his debut at 170 or if he, this last fight was his debut, but yeah, he, he was moving down from 85. So he, yeah, because he last fought, uh, uh, I forget. Cool. No, you know, he sees the fighter from, uh, yeah, from the UFC. From Extreme Code Tour. Chris Curtis, sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Lost to Chris Curtis. Yeah. No, this is, yeah. I think it should be interesting. He's, he's, not, he's going down, and like he's kind of a thicker guy, you know. But he's also not the tallest of guys, so I wonder if you know, as long as he can make the cut safely, which can they? I don't know. It's, yeah, it's interesting. One seventy and below, especially one fifty five and below, though, too, is where you start to see the cuts start to get like a lot deeper on the fighters, and it's it's always unfortunate. Mm. I hate to see it, but if he's comfortable doing it and he thinks he can do it safely, I wish him well, and I hope it's a good fight. 
All right. That does it for this episode. We'll be back again next Monday, breaking down all these fights. Not as many, hopefully. Let's get that perfect card. Let's get the perfect card. Dan demands it. He <laughs> wants to go in with an easy, easy time in Memorial Day weekend break. Please. Thanks for listening. Take care, y'all.